And welcome once again to another edition of A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf. In the studio with me today is Dr. John Vance. John, it's great to have you here with us today. Well, I'm happy to be here. It's been a while since I've been in the studio. Yeah, and um, you're still in Hudson Valley, but you're back and forth between here and West Virginia, yeah, I believe. Yeah, we will be here for, my wife and I, for about four more months, and okay. then we'll be moving permanently to our farm in West Virginia. That's beautiful. And some of our listeners will recognize you. You, for many years, were the senior pastor of Westminster Presbyterian Church in Rock Tavern. And uh, you're still hosting our uh, series called Reflections on the Word. So we're grateful for that. Well, today is uh, the day before Christmas. We've had a number of weeks here during the Advent season that started this year on November the 27th on that Sunday. And it's just been a, a wonderful time of the year. And uh, I imagine you've been enjoying it as well. Yes, yes. I've uh, preached in a couple of churches. Uh, I'm preaching again this uh, Sunday down in Rockland County. And so we're we're happy. Advent's a wonderful time of the year, of course. It uh, is designed to prepare us for Christmas. Yeah. But interesting thing about Advent, that the themes for Advent include both the first and second comings of Christ. As you'll notice in the Old Testament, those events were not separated like yeah. they are for us in time. <laughs> and so they they talked about the Messiah coming, and it included his first and second Advents. But we now know that they are separated in time. He came the first time to redeem us from our sins, and the second time our Lord comes uh, to complete our salvation through judgment. Mm, yeah. This person of Christ, his breaking in on the scene, the incarnation, uh, is a very significant event. Well, from the Christian standpoint, yeah. obviously it's the greatest event that ever took place yeah. in the history of the world, by far. Yeah. Uh, it is through this event that we date our calendars, uh, into A.D. and B.C. Right. And so we see that as the central event in all of history. That's when God became man. Now, uh, people that maybe are not too familiar with Christianity, um, what does that mean, when God becomes man? How would you explain that to someone that maybe is just starting to look at Christianity? Well, one thing is for sure, I would not be able to exhaust much of it. It's a divine mystery, but... Yeah. We do know certain things. We can set parameters, if you will, to understand this event. Uh, Christians confess that when Jesus came to earth uh, through the womb of the Virgin Mary, that God came into our world as a human being, and that this human being was fully, fully human in every way. But he also was fully divine. And so in his divinity, it was not surrendered, but it was robed in human flesh. So Jesus is unique in this sense that he was fully God and fully man from his uh, conception in the mother's womb. He received his, if you will, humanity from his mother, but of course he was eternal deity, one with the Father. And this, of course, involves the doctrine of the Trinity. Mm. the most fundamental doctrine in the Christian faith. There's a portion you mentioned before we opened the mic in Matthew where there's, there's this long list of names, 
Can you explain that a little oh, bit? Oh, th- th- there actually there are two yes. long genealogies you find in in the Bible. One is in Matthew, and of course one is in Luke's gospel. And these two genealogies, of course, are reinforcing that Jesus is truly human and had ancestors. I've been tracing my own ancestry. My daughter has, and we found some wonderful things. Uh, we, we probably found some things, too, we're not proud of, but there were some <laughs> wonderful things. We go yeah. all the way back to 1620 to 1640. We had oh, that's neat. 14 ancestors that come to, came to America in oh, that, that period. Oh, that is so neat, yeah. So we're happy about that. But the Bible also places Jesus in the human context. And in Matthew's gospel, uh, actually both genealogies, the most important thing is to trace him back to David because he is that great descendant of David that's promised in the Scripture. But in Matthew's gospel, he's, he's traced back to Abraham and then to David and then to the uh, Babylonian captivity, and then mm-hmm. to Jesus' birth. Uh, in Luke's gospel, he's traced all the way back to Adam. Wow. So it's a wonderful thing to see those people's names, some of them we know virtually nothing about. And, of course, the genealogies are not complete, but they are important to look at and to consider for they're part of Holy Scripture and included for a reason. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about the Lord Jesus being born he doesn't stay a baby forever, obviously. Uh, he has a very interesting history in his relatively short life of, uh, what, 30-plus years? Yes. We don't know exactly. Often people say 33 years. But, 33. Uh, it, it was at least 30, 30-some, 30 31 to 33. Mm-hmm. And uh, his history is interesting. Uh, most people, though, tend to look at Jesus if they only observe Christmas and are not very familiar with what Christianity is about, they still think of him as a babe. Mm -hmm. And, of course, he had a life. He grew up. uh, We find him in the temple at a certain age, and uh, uh, then we don't hear much about him, and then all of a sudden he bursts on the scene following John the Baptist, who was his forerunner. Mm -hmm. As he was growing up, you're right, there's not too much written about him, but being fully man as one of the creeds says, um, and fully God, he would have um, the same physical needs that we do, drink and food and need for clothing and sleeping at night and all of that, right? I would I would assume since he assumed human nature and became like us that he had all of the emotions yeah. uh, that we experience, uh, he would have all of those things. Now, Orthodox Christians do confess and believe that Jesus was impeccable, if you will. He was without sin. Mm -hmm. But apart from that, he was in every way like us. And one of the writers says that he was in all points tempted as we, yet without sin. That's exactly right. So he was victorious over sin. So that, that put him apart from every other human being, just that alone except at the end of his life martin luther said he was the world's greatest sinner not ah, be- not because right. that he actually sinned himself but that he took our sins upon himself good point as a substitute to put away with sin so that we might have the forgiveness of sins mm. so christmas has a a purpose it is yeah. the the beginning and the end of course in terms of his earthly sojourn among us 
is his resurrection, his crucifixion and resurrection. A lot of people get together Christmas time. It's a wonderful time of the year when you have this tradition, mm-hmm. uh, family, friends, good food, <laughs> yes, <laughs> maybe a fireplace. But um, then again, we're up here in the Northeast. Um, a lot of places will celebrate Christmas, and uh, it may be desert. It may be hot. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you know. Now, um, church. How does church life intersect with Christmas? Uh, what have you observed and experienced over the well, years? Well, as you know, at Westminster, you've, you've attended Westminster. You know, at Westminster, we have a great celebration of uh, Christmas. Westminster is a church, and lots of churches, and lots of churches don't. Uh, but we follow uh, somewhat the Christian calendar, at least around Christmas and Easter. So we mm-hmm. observe the first, second, third, and fourth Sundays of Advent, and then yeah. Christmas. So I think it is a wonderful thing for churches to teach uh, their congregants, especially their children, to wait and look for the Lord Jesus Christ. All of these things that the secular world has developed, like yeah. Santa Claus and all of those things, I, I'm not going to poo-poo those things and so forth. That's all right. But really, you miss the whole understanding of what Christmas is about if you do not indeed engage the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and and celebrate him. I was thinking the other day, uh, what does really Christmas mean and what does it mean for us today? Uh, when, when we celebrate Christmas, we are celebrating the birth of our Savior and that he was connected and is connected with us. But also, at Christmas, we are celebrating a new creation. Uh, and you can see this in the Scripture. If you look at Romans chapter 1, verses 1 through 6, you'll see that Paul introduces himself as an apostle, but he is the apostle of that one in whom is the gospel. He is the good news mm. when he comes to earth, and there is a new beginning in him. In fact, I, I of course, uh, was trained in somewhat in Greek, and most pastors are to some extent. I've forgotten more than I <laughs> ever learned. But anyway, uh, the Gospel of Matthew begins with two important words. And the words that you find in Matthew's Gospel is this, biblos genesio. And what that means is, the word biblos, of course, you know, is the word for Bible. It means, uh, very simply, the book of Genesis. Mm. Now, translators translate it differently if you go and look at uh, Matthew's Gospel and the various translations, they don't do it that way. But Matthew is really saying this is a new creation that is beginning in Jesus Christ. It's the book of new beginnings, if you will, the book of Genesis. He wants us to think of the opening of the Bible in Genesis. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Mm. But Matthew's Gospel is telling us that there's a new beginning in Christ, and this is what his redemption really means. It's very significant. Very significant. Something has broken into the human um, race that will forever change. It's a game changer. (laughs) Well, look at John's Gospel. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Something entirely new. This is real hope. Yeah, it Uh, is. And people can put their hope eternally in Jesus Christ. That's what really Christmas means. It also means, if you look at Christmas, it means that God is with us. Emmanuel, the name, God with us. 
everywhere I go, as the little song says, the Lord is with me. Mm. And um, Jesus has come to dwell with us. He is no longer physically present, but he is present in our lives. Mm -hmm. He is with us through the Spirit. Now, we have some older listeners, seniors, people that are going through arthritic pains. Maybe they're homebound, and um, that's especially precious, it seems to me, to know that God is with you. God is with you in your loneliness, in your pain, in your suffering, and he'll never forsake you. Amen to that. That That is what you're celebrating. Yeah. Uh, and it's good for all of those people around the world who are suffering. Uh, Christians are being persecuted, I think, like never before. I don't believe that you could ever in the history of the world document mm. the mm. amount of persecutions that Christians are undergoing as they are today. I'm astonished as I trip across some news articles to see these Christians standing there and the sword of the oppressor often the islamic sword is very much is there so. in, in, uh, sometimes in, much worse uh, chainsaws just you, the unimaginable suffering that our brothers and sisters in christ are enduring think of this there is not a majority islamic country in the world where christians are not treated either as second class citizens or actively being persecuted mm. not mm. one i would like to know the exception and in North Korea, which is uh, very anti-Christian, we yes. find it. In China, there's persecution mm-hmm. of of Christians that don't belong to the official church. Mm. You know, that's the church that the government can control. Yeah. But there are lots of underground churches where people are being persecuted terribly in those uh, mm. areas and villages throughout China. But thank God Christianity is growing in those areas, too, in China particularly. That's a blessing to hear. It really, really is. By the year 2030, it is said that China will be the largest Christian country in the world. Oh, that's exciting. Uh, May it be so. Praise God. May it be so. We also pray for a mighty uh, revival and reformation in our own land. We have a lot of... uh, a lot of things that needs fixing in this land of ours. Oh, my. One of them truly is uh, mm. to appreciate our heritage. Uh, we don't have an official religion, but America would not be America without Christianity influencing the culture the mm. way it did. And people sometimes don't understand that your so-called political and personal freedoms are totally tied uh, to the heritage that Christianity has given to this yeah, country. Yeah. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, the Bible says, there is liberty. And uh, those Christians that came over in 1620, the so-called Puritans, uh, they were not so free politically and things like that, but the principles that they established led to that. Yeah. It sure. led to it. In fact, the Puritans did not even celebrate Christmas. <laughs> it might shock some people. And some Christians don't celebrate Christmas. No. And it's not necessary that you do, but it's a good thing that you can. It's healthy. Yeah. It's healthy. Yeah, you got me thinking about uh, my mind took a little road trip here. <laughs> when you mentioned the, the founding of America and the Christian principles, and uh, even the separation of powers is a biblical idea. It surely is. The Puritans were very skeptical of 
the use of power. <laughs> and uh, they had been persecuted uh, in their own land in England. They were separatists and being persecuted for being different. And so they understood how political power worked and how it could be a force for evil. And so when they came here, uh, they they began to put those things into practice. Now, it is true that you could only be a Congregationalist in Massachusetts, but if you wanted to be a Baptist, you could go to Rhode Island. <laughs> if you wanted to be a Catholic, you could go to Maryland. Maryland yeah. If you we're, wanted to be an Episcopalian, you could go, go to Virginia. We're in St. Mary's County, Maryland, one of our stations, right? <laughs> That's those, right. Those of you that are listening right now to this broadcast. <laughs> Even if you wanted to be Presbyterian or Quaker, you could go to Pennsylvania. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of where we're heard, uh, we have some friends out in Modesto. Uh, this program is picked up by our good buddy there, BJ, over KGCE LP. It's an FM station, 107.9. So, uh, Christmas greetings to our friends there. Well, today we're blessed by having Dr. John Vance with us here in the studio. We're talking about Christmas. We're right at the tail end of the season of Advent, it's a wonderful time of year. Now, Christianity has really started small, didn't it? In, in humble means, as we say. A little baby. Um, that, that's not a very powerful symbol, I suppose. And uh, in a manger, no less. Not some grand castle. And to think that he lays aside his glories, his heavenly glories, takes on the form of, of man, and uh, yet lives that sinless life. It's uh, It's amazing how it's advanced this is all of god it's not man doing it not only is jesus with us god with us but is god for us oh amen and that's uh something that should be emphasized as well i'm reminded of of uh the passage in romans if god is for us who can be against us (laughs) well god is for us and the reason we know he is for us he's with us and he is for us he sent his son Mm mm-hmm uh, he so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son to us. Probably the most famous verse in the Bible in John three sixteen: God is for us. Amen. Now, most people are not for you necessarily. They're indifferent toward you at best. <laughs> but, you could but say they care less. <laughs> they could care, <laughs> care less, less about you. <laughs> but uh, underneath us are the everlasting arms of a loving God, oh, and he has demonstrated that. And that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He is for us. Yeah. Seems that when the Lord Jesus comes into a life and and then propagates through a community, uh, everything is different. Everything changes. Uh, he he transforms uh, whatever he touches, and our um, our occupations, our callings, are all diffused with with meaning, because now we're we're working for Him. Actually, there are sociological studies that have been done along this line, and they've discovered in some of these third-world countries where Christianity takes a hold and begins to grow, the people actually begin to see improvement in their lives. They become more industrious in their work. They actually become more clean. They begin to concern themselves Mm -hmm. about uh, the environment around them and their own personal hygiene. Uh, They also uh, see that they begin to be able to create and develop some wealth. And there's Mm. been a number of studies uh, that have been done in third world countries and among tribes, and they have seen this kind of transformation. Isn't that neat? It is neat. (laughs) It's wonderful. Well, well, I mean, you've got the 
simply put, you got the Ten Commandments there. That uh, makes a difference. That informs it? our consciences. Where we're reminded that oh, it's wrong to steal mm-hmm. <laughs> and to respect personal property. Oh, that's a big one. Isn't that, that is a big? huge one. I, I've I've recently been thinking about communism and and what that means as contrasted with the Christian faith and its implementation. Look what ha- what has happened in Venezuela. You lose your property rights. You lose your pro- you have no Everything. property. Can you imagine? Look at Cuba. Oh, that's an oh yeah. Uh, it, it's it's uh, it has uh, held back the majority of the people, so that a few could have power. Mm-hmm. And uh, true Christianity really uh, upsets and overturns those kinds of things. You always notice that in those kinds of countries, Christianity is yeah. uh, and Christians are persecuted. The other day we were talking with Dr. Paul Kangor about Fidel Castro, and uh, he. He really followed the whole thing closely. Um, I think he mentioned that for the longest time there was no no new churches in Cuba, and I think perhaps it was 2014 where one was allowed to to be built. Uh, talk about oppression! Yes, you know when you chase out the gospel, you're chasing out life itself and and goodness from a culture. I have a missionary friend who's able to go to Cuba now, and he's doing marriage seminars. And spreading the gospel that way, and he's Good. been well received. But that's only been in the last three or four years as well. <laughs> yeah. Today we're talking about Christmas, and uh, tomorrow is Christmas. And um, what will your family be doing? Let me get uh, not to be nosy, but I'm just curious what are what are you guys doing this Christmas? Well, we did put up a tree. It's kind <laughs> of a fake tree, and and uh, we're meeting in West Virginia at our home with uh. our daughters and. Uh, their families and uh, some of my brothers and sisters. I have a brother and two sisters. I I hope to see at least one brother and one sister. Oh, that's nice. And uh, uh, the the tree I think started in Germany, not not too many years. You know, oh yeah, the, the decorations all that are only about two centuries old. At Interesting. Most. So people celebrated Christmas prior to this all the way back to the early church uh, in 336 in the west that's when christmas began to be celebrated mm-hmm. and in 378 in the in the eastern part of the oh, roman empire right but we'll be joining all the christians through the ages to celebrate the coming of our lord jesus christ we'll, we'll sing we'll uh, it's it's a feast day we'll have something to eat good share presents since the greatest present of all is god's gift of his son to us and eternal life we will Share presents with each other. Yeah. Uh, oh, things like that. It'll be a joyous occasion. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, we have something similar going on here, and family will be trying to get together. And, you know, everything is a, a balancing act because some of, some of the kids are either uh, a nurse, you know, and that, that has yes. unusual times, or, or uh, working in the jail like Tim does as a, as a guard. Um, you know, you got high tech, you know, the radio station, there's always, uh, the chance of, uh, uh, interruptions and, and problems at, at the worst possible moment. I don't know how many times it's happened when, uh, we've had family over and say, oh no, we're off the air. <laughs> of course, now this Christmas, since it comes on a Sunday, we will be yeah, in church. That's exciting. I'll tell you, that is exciting. I hope that all of you will be in church tomorrow on the Lord's day and, and worship with with God's people, and uh, celebrate the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're just about to the end here. Um, our guest today has been 
John Vance. Uh, he was the former pastor for many, many years at Westminster Presbyterian Church in Rock Tavern, New York. Uh, now he's uh, retired from that, but staying very active and busy, still preaching here and there, and uh, will finally be uh, settling into a home in West Virginia. And uh, any final remark before we close the mic today? I had a, a, a prisoner one time to come up to me, and he said, I had a person of a false cult to come to his house, and he says, he tried to tell me that Jesus wasn't born on December 25th. Mm-hmm. Well, I had to disabuse him of the fact that December 25th, uh, Jesus probably wasn't born on December 25th. We do celebrate that. We don't know exactly what date uh, he was uh, born. Uh, But December 25th was chosen because that's nine months after the Annunciation to Mary of uh, Gabriel when he came to her and said, you will be with son, and nine months later is December 25th from that date as well as we can guess. Mm -hmm. So uh, December 25th may not be the day, but (laughs) on the other hand, it's a wonderful day to celebrate. And so um, I'm looking forward to it, and I do wish a a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year to all of those out there. Uh, It's wonderful to mark time by the person of Jesus Christ. Yeah, amen. And for Redeemer Broadcasting, I'm Dan Elmendorf. And we do wish you a very Merry Christmas, and please join us next week for another edition of A Plain Answer.